all over the place, when people know what grace is, then miracles happen. And the enemy of faith is fear. And the source of fear is the idea that you have to do something. If you have to do something, then it's no longer grace, it's works. And I can't get Christians out of the bad habits of uh, believing they have to do something. For a gift, you do nothing but receive. It's just given to you. It's not, you don't do anything for it. It's just given to you. Is that plain? At Christmas time, when someone gives you a gift, do you then go to them and say, well, how much do I have to pay? How many do that? You don't offer to pay for something that's given to you freely, do you? Hello? You don't. And why then is it with Christendom that we feel we have to do something to pay for what God has given freely? Hmm? Why is it that a legalism has so come in and pervaded the church of Jesus Christ that we're more concerned with what we do to establish our righteousness, to establish our um, holiness, instead of realizing that it's his holiness and he is our righteousness. It's not what I do, it's what he has done for me. And it's so hard to get people to realize that it's a done deal. A miracle is a done deal. It's not that I, I, I get something from God, it's, it's just that I receive what is a gift. So simple. And so over this weekend... I want to look and spend time going through it and time looking at legalism. There's two seeds in this church, two types of people. Well, there's three. There's the sinner, and then there's the seed of the bond and the seed of the free. Uh, Galatians talks about it very clearly. You've always got the legalistic person. You know, the legalistic person wants to really crack down on people and tell them, do this, do that, do the other. Uh, Christianity is bondage. Now, to me, it's freedom. But don't forget, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? I'm not promoting, you know, license. I don't believe in that. What I do believe in, though, is grace. That's the way into life, grace. And lots of Christians begin in grace and they get bewitched and they live in guilt. And guilt is terrible. That's not Christianity. That is heathen philosophy. And I want to get away from it. Okay, let's look at the Bible. We've got a good book and you can never go wrong if you read your Bible. Most people don't read their Bibles. They read what someone told them it said, rather than what it actually does say. And their minds, the strongholds of Satan are in the mind, between the ears. And so they have a philosophy and a concept already. So when you start talking to people, um, you've got to deal with their reasonings and their imaginations. And their reasonings and imaginations tell them something. And... um, It's nice to know that when Christ came, he came to a religious people. They were called Jews. He was a Jew. But they had learned in the old covenant, do this and you'll live, do that and you'll die. And so everything was governed by what they did. And it was outward. It was in washings, it was in sacrifice, everything was outward. And finally they changed the law of God into the precepts of men. They changed things around and what was actually wrong for them then wasn't what God said was wrong, it was what man thought was wrong. And I would say that 90% of Christians today live in guilt because they live according to their culture, and what's culturally unacceptable to people, they think is wrong. 
And it's all outward Christianity instead of inward reality. And God intends to change the whole thing round. You know, my Jesus was great. He upset every religious person. And I find I have a real gift for doing that. Because the religious person hides behind a mask. Uh, to use Jesus' definition, they're a whited sepulcher full of dead men's bones. What makes them mad is when they see the power of God. You know, one time they were going to push Jesus over a cliff, and he said, um, oh, no, it was the time they were going to stone him. He said, for which miracle do you stone me? <laughs> uh, it's not because of the miracles. It's just because you make yourself equal with God, you know. We don't like this. I mean, when power's exhibited and miracles happen, it gets up the cruel of religious people. Look, I, I, I realize the Bible says you, we have this treasure in earth and vessel. But the excellency of the power might be of God and not of us. With Jesus, they found for he's a carpenter's son. He wasn't properly educated. Uh, he was born out of wedlock. Um, he's a wine-bibber and glutton. It's amazing he wasn't spiritual. He ate and he drank with everyone, see. And the only time he fasted was 40 days. He fasted in the wilderness because he went in the wilderness because the Spirit led him there, and there was no McDonald's or Kentucky Fried Chicken there, so he went without food for 40 days. People say, they are, you know, the way to get into the gifts is to fast for 40 days. It isn't, I guarantee. If you do that, you will lose weight. Uh, you know, fasting does not get you close to God. God lives in you. If you're a Christian, you don't have to get any closer. He's in you. I live, never, it's not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. I don't need to afflict my flesh. That's not a problem. Hey, I'm alive in God. He's alive in me. What's wrong with you? And, and so the, the, the kind of superstition is swamp people, and then they feel they mustn't do this, they mustn't do that. And life becomes a misery. And so we want to look at grace. Grace. Now, grace is totally undeserved favor. You don't deserve it. Now, the problem with grace, if you're an Arminian, is that you have to do something and exert your will to receive it. But Arminius did not believe that. It's just that he is slandered by modern-day Christians who pretend he did believe that. And that's the problem. If you're a Calvinist, you know that it's the sovereignty of God that caused God to intervene in your life. But unfortunately, uh, Christians slander Calvin and preach hyper-Calvinism, which is totally false. And they say no one can do anything. Well, I want to look at both those things. And over the period of time we're together, uh, really, if you came for a miracle, you can have one. It's free. It's gift. No big problem. Big deal. When I used to go to Holland, they, uh, the time I went, I can't remember how many years ago it was now, so many years ago, uh, I used to go over there and take meetings in, in a uh, a stable, and it was a big um, barn with a stable down, and they had Olympic training of horses down below. And, and it was a time they were worship. You know, worship as David knew it, worship as David lived it, worship as David did it, worship as, you know, they went on. And they, were all, they would all get up and sing. And they'd go on for hours like that. So I, I said at the beginning, I said, well, uh, we're not going to sing at all. Now, at that time, you couldn't get into the presence of God if you didn't do what they called worship. And that singing is not worship. Singing is singing. Worship is obedience to God. 
You'll find Abraham when he was with his son Isaac and they were going to Mount Moriah. He said, we go yonder to worship. They didn't have a guitar and they didn't sing. It's amazing how people have a totally wrong idea of what worship is. Worship is submission to God's will. And living according to, that's worship. Not, not singing songs. That isn't worship, it's singing songs. Uh, sorry about that. But anyway, I said, we won't sing. So one of the pastors said, you can't have the presence of God if you don't have music and song. So I said, oh, I'm glad you told me that. I said, well, do you remember when Jesus sat down to preach the Sermon on the Mount? He said, Peter, have you got your guitar? Uh, let's get the people into the mood. It's emotionalism. It's not Christianity. So I said to them, we won't sing at all. We're going to open the Bible. And so I just opened the Bible and preached for an hour. And they got very disturbed because this wasn't their fashion. You know, it, it didn't fit in with their liturgy. You know, free church, charismatic liturgy. And so they got all worked up about it, very upset. And so I thought, what shall I do? So I said, well, just to prove what I said is true, God's going to do a miracle in front of you. So I picked someone who was all twisted and distorted in a wheelchair off the front row, and I said, God's going to heal this woman just to prove what I said is true. Get up. And she got up, and I said, now run up and down. She did. And they got so mad at me. How dare you be so arrogant and tell God to do a miracle? I said, I didn't. I said he was going to do it. And he did, didn't he? They said, but it's not right without music. <laughs> you better have the gift of God before you do that kind of thing. And you better know what you're doing. But grace is not built on what I do. It's on what he's done for me. And... I want to look at the wonderful truths of Scripture. Turn with me, first of all, to Romans. Uh, if you go to Romans chapter 4, you'll discover... Oh, well, let's start in 3. Um, uh, and in Romans chapter 3, okay? Romans chapter 3. And verse, verse 23 says this, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Now who sinned? All. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Now, uh, it is no use when you meet someone who's a non-Christian and a lot of people do this, especially using the four spiritual laws uh, on decisional regeneration, which doesn't work. Getting people to make a decision, it doesn't work. They make a decision, but they don't get saved. They get an adoption of a philosophy. Uh, you know, some, you say to someone, you're a sinner. They say, no, I'm not. Oh, yes, you are, because it says in Romans, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Are you one of the all? Yes, I'm one of the all, therefore you're a sinner. Now, that doesn't bring conviction. A sinner needs to be convicted by the Holy Ghost, not persuaded in his mind. Hello? It's the Holy Ghost that brings conviction. Uh, and there's too many people uh, are bought into spurious experiences when God isn't convicting them, they're just persuaded by an argument. And they make a decision on an argument, which doesn't help anyone. Being justified, verse 24, freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God has set forth to be the propitiation through faith in his blood, to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God. We're justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Now look, if you're justified freely by his grace, 
and grace is totally undeserved favor and the redemption is in his blood that was shed 2,000 years ago, what part did you play in Jesus shedding his blood? Well, what part did you play? Were you there? Did you do anything? Now, it's freely done by his grace. The redemption is accomplished, and it's nothing to do with you. It's to do with what he did 2,000 years ago. And all you do is have faith in the reality of what God says he accomplished when he did it 2,000 years ago. And it's freely done, and it's free grace, and it works in your life, and you do nothing for it. It's an absolute fact. Nothing can change the fact. God did it. It's objective truth, not subjective truth. I'm not saved because I experienced something. I'm saved because of what Christ did for me 2,000 years ago. And because of what he did, my trust and my faith is in his work. Not in anything I do. It's free. Freely. Is that plain? In other words, your decision does not matter a tin whistle. Your choice is irrelevant. It's what he did 2,000 years ago. That's it. I love it. I'm glad it's all to do with God. Otherwise, we'd all be in trouble. If it was to do with my faith or what I did, I'm in trouble. It's to do with what he did. Hello? <laughs> Romans chapter 4. What shall we say then in verse 1? That Abraham our father, as pertaining to the flesh, have found. Now look, if you're one of these people that's spiritual, and I know a lot of people do consider themselves spiritual, you know, you fast ten times a year, uh, you tithe, uh, you... Uh, read your Bible, you do this, you do that. You do all the things that they tell you to do that you shouldn't do, but you do them. And, you know, you're really righteous. And you're doing a good job. And you pray so much, you pray for the world, you pray for your pastor, you pray for, well, you pray for anything. Uh, you know, you're one of these great people. Have you ever been to prayer meetings where people pray around the world? They quote the scripture at God, you know, and they pray back again, just in case he didn't hear. I don't like those type of prayer meetings, because people aren't praying to God, they're praying to the people that are in the prayer meeting. And <laughs> what has our uh, father Abraham as pertaining to the flesh found? Now, now do understand this. I, I'm a great believer in being real. You know, I'm a human being. I, I'm not spiritual. That what has he found as pertaining the flesh? It's amazing how people get so spiritual. Can't get near them. You read on. For if Abraham were justified by works, he had whereof to glory, but not before God. For what saith the scripture? Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him for what? It wasn't what Abraham did, it was what Abraham believed that made him righteous. Hello? It wasn't what he did, it's what he believed. And our righteousness is on the same basis. It's not what we do, it's what we believe. I don't know that you're going to like this. Martin Lloyd-Jones said that if you don't preach so that people believe you're extreme, uh, then you're not preaching grace at all. And if you don't preach in such a way that they think you've gone into license, he said, you've failed to preach grace. Now, I'll add again, I'm not talking about shall we continue in sin that grace may abound. I'm not for that. All right? All I'm saying is righteousness is on the basis of what you believe, not on the basis of what you do. Okay? Now, 
To him that worketh is the reward not reckoned of grace, but of debt. But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. Whoa, I like that, don't you? Verse 5, let's read it. But to him that worketh... Let's read it again. Now let me ask you a question. But to him that worketh not, does that mean he does anything at all? Well, does it? No. He does nothing. It's to him that worketh not. Now, I like that, don't you? You know, when, you, when you're a Christian and you're looking for righteousness, and people tell you, you know, oh, well, if you want to get close to God, you've got to do this, you've got to do that, you've got to do the other. You know, to really live a righteous life. Oh, I mean, <coughs> to him that worketh you don't do anything. Justification isn't by what I do. I'm not made righteous by what I do. For goodness sakes, I'm human. If it was what I did, or what you did, who's perfect? You get, everyone's different. And if we look for perfection in what we do, and if we look for righteousness in what we do, we end up judging, and in the end, what you do, you judge everyone, and you see your faults mirrored in everyone, because you know them best of all, so you can spot your own problems best of all, and you project, and you condemn, because they don't actually match up to what your mythical idea of righteousness is. But the true righteousness is nothing to do with what a man does. It's to do with what a man believes. I believe Christ died for me. I believe in my heart. And it's accounted as righteousness. It's not a works. Now that makes me so happy. I love the idea that I don't have to do anything just by believing. I believe God. Let's look at it. Now, verse 4. To him that worketh is the reward not reckoned of grace, but of debt. But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. Now, which would you prefer? Would you prefer the first or the second? I live in the new covenant with better promises. There's a lot of things that are historical in the Bible, which they're in the Bible. But if you take them as doctrine, when they're just historical events, recording things, you'll end up in her error and heresy. And that's what a lot of Christians do. They look for a, a, a verse to justify a wrong action, find a verse or find a story, and then they apply it. But it's historical. It's not doctrinal. And when you tell them that, they say, well, you know, it's in the Bible. Well, let's take an obvious one. Gamaliel comes, and he says at the Sanhedrin, well, if, if, if it's of God, it'll stand. If it's of man, it'll fall. How many people have heard that said? You know, people say, oh, well, if it's of God, it'll stand. If it's of man, it'll fall. Who believes that's in the Bible? Huh? But just a minute, God didn't say it. Gamaliel did. And he was wrong. It's in the Bible. But you've got to look at who said it. Look, if it were true, how come there's so many heresies and heretics around? You know, uh, it's not a biblical, it's not God. Gamaliel said it, and he was totally wrong. But I'm amazed how many people will take that thing, take it out of context in the Bible, and then apply it as though it's some wisdom. You've always got to look and say, well, who said it? It's simple, isn't it? So obvious that 
I'm sure you all know it anyway. In Romans 5, Romans 5, verse 14 says this, Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression, who is the figure of him that was to come. But not as the offense, so also the free gift. For if through the offense of one many be dead, much more the grace of God and the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, hath abounded unto many. It's a free gift. It abounds to many. And it's by grace. It's totally undeserved. None of us deserve to get saved. God in his mercy and love sent his son 2,000 years ago to walk this earth. He was born of the Virgin Mary. He was crucified, dead and buried. He became sin who knew no sin. On the third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven. He poured out the Holy Ghost on the 50th day. And shall I tell you what? He gives gifts unto men, and it's free. And it's all God, nothing of us. And, and you can't have been there, you can't have done anything about it. Thank God you didn't. It's a free gift. For if through the offense of one many be dead, much more the grace of God and the gift by grace. Now look, if it's by grace, you can't do anything for it. It's not a works. Grace means God does it for me. If you need a miracle, it's a miracle of grace. If you need healing, it's healing of grace. If you need deliverance, it's deliverance of grace. If you need life, it's grace. It's not deserved, and it's a free gift, and you do nothing for it. It's no good fasting and praying. If you're fasting and praying for something, it's not a free gift. It's works. Is that plain? Hello? Is that plain? If you're doing anything, then it's not grace. Now, this is a free gift of grace. And once you move out of a free gift of grace, it's not of God any longer. It's yours. You've done it. And when you've done it, you'll make a fine mess of it. Grace means you do nothing. Glory to God. Isn't it good to have a salvation like that? Hmm? Free. Does it offend you? You can't tell me it's that easy. Well, it is. It's easier than you think. Much easier than you. Do you know, while I was over in Cameroon, there was this fellow came. Uh, he was in the hotel where I was staying. And, and he was like, uh, well, and you could tell he was in agony. And um, he'd seen my poster in the town. Well, it wasn't my poster, it was a poster with my face on. Uh, and he recognized it because it looked like me. And um, so <laughs> he was in the hotel. And he comes to me and he says, um, Bishop, he says, will you pray for me? I said, no. He said, why not? I said, if you don't come to the meeting and hear the word of God preached, I'm not praying for you. Forget it. I'm not a witch. I'm not a magician. I'm a Christian. You come tonight. And he said, well, he said, I, 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 I want to tell you something. He said, I, I, I paid. I booked an airfare and I flew all the way to Germany to a well-known um, evangelist. And he said, I went to him and he prayed for half an hour. Nothing happened. I said, look, any man that has to pray for you for half an hour has got no faith. I won't pray for someone for half an hour. For goodness sake. I tell people, I don't fast and pray. I pray fast. It gets things done. I mean, I said 30 seconds maximum tonight. It'll take less than 30 seconds for you to get a miracle. He said, but I've been all the way to Germany. I said, well, you wasted your money, didn't you? I said, I'll come tonight. I said, all right, you can come tonight. So that night he came. 
and he, I saw him sitting on the front row, got there early. And when I, it was funny because the first time I appealed for, I said to them, I said, look, if you want to get saved, I want to pray for each one of you. I want you to run to the front. And they, they started to run. And um, what I hadn't figured out was the dust. And suddenly I looked, and the people that were running to get saved, a dust storm came up, and they vanished in the dust. All I could see was this massive dust storm. And, and you know, I knew there were people there because I could hear them shouting. But I don't know how they found the front because it just, you know, the dust just came up. And uh, God did beautiful things. And then when it came time for prayer for the sick, out comes this fellow. And I looked at him and he, he kind of staggered and he got in front of the platform. And I said, right, I tell you, you know, if you got blind, just put your hands on your eyes. God's going to open them. Ears, you know, head, chest, neck, throat back hips whatever it is knees and they all you know there's you've got people kind of like that and got people like that and, and they're all and you pray pray a very short prayer because when there's thousands of people what are you going to do you can't pray for everyone so i just pray and i said quickly i said now what I want you to do is do what you couldn't do. If you're blind, just look at me. See a handsome man. I'm, I'm modest too. And then I said, if you're crippled, just lift your legs. Uh, if you do as I tell you, God will do a miracle. And I saw this man, and, and he was standing down the front. And he, he went like that. And then he lifted his leg. And then he began to run. And then he ran up the platform, completely healed. It took about three seconds now, i tell you why he got healed. Because he learned it was a gift. And when God gives you a gift, it's an instantaneous gift. Not something you do. They were beautiful. I, I, I mean, you know, the, the, I suppose the most amazing miracle was the woman who, who got smacked in the head. I don't know how. And she had a big scar and she'd lost the eye. And she came out, and when I said, wherever your problem is, put your hand there. She put her hand on empty socket and prayed. And when I said, now, do what you can't do, look. And she put her hand over a good eye, found God had given her another eye. She could see. I mean, what a God we have. But it's a gift. A free gift. People came up, their cancers had gone. I mean, it was all a gift. You see, when someone actually understands it's by grace that you say through faith, that not of yourself, it's a gift. Healing's a gift. Everything's a gift. But the trouble is with Christians, they think they have to do something, believe something, work something. And God says, no, it's not a works. It's a gift. I love gifts. And when it's emphasized enough that people understand redemption, the miracles happen. The reason miracles don't happen in people's ministries is because the preachers don't preach redemption because they don't know what it is. Because if they knew what it was, they'd teach it. Instead, they teach legalism and think people will get it by that. And they won't. <laughs> Chap turns up in the hotel, the same guy. He's running around, and the next day, turns up in the hotel. At lunchtime, we come in again, my wife and I. We took the pastor's meeting, came in, sitting there with his son. He said, I want you to pray for my son. He said, God's healed me. And he ran up and down the lobby of the hotel. He said, look, and every, everyone knew him. He'd been crippled, could hardly walk. Here he is running, and they're all looking. And he says, pray for my son. I said, no, I won't. He said, why not? He said, if he doesn't come to the meeting, he doesn't get prayer. He can stay sick. He said, you won't pray for him? I said, I won't. Come tonight. He came to, uh, that night. He got healed. Uh, he had a bad chest. He got healed. So he was rejoicing, running up and down with his son who was healed. Next day, we come back, lunchtime, after the pastor's meeting. 
he's got his other son. He says, will you pray for him? I said, I won't pray for him. I'm not a magician. I'm not. And look, you come and hear the preaching. If you don't come tonight, stay sick. So he bought him and he had a terrible back. Couldn't move. God healed him completely. And, you know, he was running up with his two sons up and down the platform, shouting and yelling and rejoicing. Next day, I come back from the pastor's meeting and he's got two of his daughters there. He says, will you pray for them? I said, I will not. I'm not a witch. If they want prayer, they come tonight. Couldn't believe it. And so he took his two daughters and to the meeting and God met them in a glorious way, delivered them. You see, I tell people what Jesus will do for them and what he's done for them and how they can believe him and he does the work. It's not me. I, I haven't got a gift of healing. I'm not a miracle worker. But I know someone who is. His name is Jesus. And he lives in me. And I tell him what he's done. And it's a gift. You don't have to do anything for it. It's free. It's a gift. And the miracles happen because you tell people about the gifts that God gives. It's called redemption. It's wonderful. What provision God has made for you and me. For our lives for our families, for our bodies. It's a gift. Not, not a works. It's all gift. What a God we serve. What a God we have. Amen? You know, it's not, not going to go away and pray a lot. In the end, I got all the young pastors in Cameroon shouting and praising God for the gifts. And I got all the old stodgy ones. Uh, but you know brother you still have to fast and pray no you don't unless you're a heathen Christian rejoice it's a gift not a works lest any man should boast amen, amen. by grace are you saved through faith that not of yourselves it's a it it's a what it gift and it's free what a, what a wonderful salvation we have. Amen? You know, you can get up and dance and say, well, glory. Now, now you know, guilt has this terrible burden when, when you feel you've got to do something or be something. When I, when I got saved and, and, and God filled me with the Holy Ghost, it was Demas Shakarian, a dear man of God from Armenia, his parents were... And God saved him, and he, he ran the full gospel businessman's fellowship international. And, and he led me into the things of Christ. I got filled with the Holy Ghost. And everything was free and easy. And then, you know, I was a young Christian, and I couldn't find anyone that had what I'd got. I went to Pentecostal churches, and they were miserable. I said, I said, I don't want to go there. So I tried a few other places. Couldn't, couldn't find anywhere. And, and they were telling me, oh, well, brother, you know, you're always happy. It's not good to be happy. I said, why not? I'm saved. They said, yeah, but it's not natural. Not natural if you smile all the time. And, and then people said to me, you know, to, to be a Christian, you've got to do this, you've got to do that, you've got to, and, and you mustn't do this. And, you know, you're, you're, you're a very kind of outgoing person. And, you know, to be a Christian, you've got to be humble. You know, always defeated like them. Won't last like them. Come down out the cloud like them. Miserable. And... You know, well, yeah, we believe in miracles, but they don't happen now. <laughs> Terrible. When people get locked in their minds that righteousness is to do with what you do instead of what you believe. You know, every day is the same to the Lord. Every day is the Lord's day. Amen. There's some people that still want to have a f kind of Saturday as their day rather than Sunday. There's lots of people 
going for all kinds of legalistic things. But, you know, it's not, we're not made righteous by what we do. We're made righteous by believing what he did for me 2,000 years ago. And boy, what a weight it is off your shoulders when you stop trying to do and be what you aren't. And you relax in being who you are and say, thank God. And then his life transforms your inward being by his spirit. He sovereignly does it. And you find you've got a new nature, a new life, but you don't become legalistic. You're happy. You just find, oh, so wonderful to be free, isn't it? Isn't it wonderful to be set free of sin, set free of bondage, set free of legalism? Oh, you know, you shouldn't do this on a Sunday. By grace! Are you say through faith and that not of yourselves it is a it's not of works righteousness never came by works came by believing do you know it would be so nice to get rid of your guilt get rid of the feeling oh god i've got to do this this and it and i have to do nothing I love to do his will and my whole life is given over to doing what God wants not my will but his will that's what I do but it's not legalism it's love I just delight to do his will it's a joy <laughs> to be a Christian it's a joy to do what God wants it's a joy to be in life it's a joy to know my God it's a joy. There's no legalism in it. I, 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 I'm afraid I just don't conform to the legalists. I do conform to this book, but not to legalism. I do conform to the word of God, but not to legalism. You know, tonight, whatever you need in your life, God will do it as a gift, free. And do you know, you don't have to do anything for it. All you have to do is believe what he did for you. And it's free. He's done it all. Will you accept a free gift? You need a miracle of healing? It's free. It's a gift. You can receive it. And you'll find God will do a miracle in you. So often people, people don't understand it. it's free. It's a gift. Right where you sit, you can receive a gift. Don't need some great prayer. It's a gift. That's <laughs> what he did. You can be righteous. All your past gone. Gift. He did it. I believe. I'm justified by what he did. It's just as if I never sinned. Wonderful, isn't it? It's a gift. Everything's a gift. We'll look at one more scripture. Actually, you know, I've, I've got another five pages to go, but I've only got halfway down the first page. I can't believe it. Uh, Romans 11. Romans 11. You know, anyone, if they want to understand Romans, read it 50 times. Sit down and read it through all in one go. Don't divide up into chapters. You'll never understand anything in the Bible if you divide it. It's not dividing chapters originally. It's a letter. Just read the whole lot. And then every day, just sit down and just read the book of Romans. Then next day, read the book of Romans. Next day, read the book of Romans. Until it's in your mind and your heart. Till, till you know, the word becomes part of you. If you don't know it, you're foolish. It's a gift. You know, verse 5. Even so then, at this present time also, there is a remnant according to the election of grace. And if by grace, then it is no more of works. Otherwise, grace is no more grace. But if it be of works, then it is no more grace. Otherwise, work is no more work. Now, can you understand that? 
If by grace, then it is no more of works. Otherwise, grace is no more grace. Do you know what I find? People do away with grace. They, they think they have to do something, and it's no more grace. You know, the gift of God is by grace, you're saved. It's a gift. It's free. You don't do anything for it. You don't deserve it. God gives it to you because he loves you. Can't earn it. Can't do anything for it. Can never measure up to it. God knows you'll always fail. God knows you'll never make it if he leaves things for you to do. That's what he did with the Jews. He said, if you do this, this, and this, you'll live. They couldn't. It was a law of death to them. And he said, well, that's no good. He said, I want to give them life. So then he said, the only way to give them life is they don't do anything for it. I'll do it all. And so Jesus came. And he did it all. He became sin who knew no sin, that we may, might be made the righteousness of God through him. His grace. Nothing that I do. All he does. And all I have to do is believe that he did it all. And when I do that, I receive a gift. And it's free. Boy, that's good news, isn't it? It's called the gospel. <laughs> it's the gospel that no one hears today. Amen? Isn't that good news? I mean, I like that. You know, if there's someone standing on the corner giving out $100 notes, you know, it's a gift. Or 100 pound, do they have 100 pound notes? No, 50 quid notes, $100 bills. And they're just giving them away. You'd be suspicious, wouldn't you? Think, what's he giving that away for? But here's God who gives us life. And he said, you don't do anything for it. No works, it's a gift. You need a miracle of healing? It's a gift. What do I do? Nothing. He did it all. 2,000 years ago, he took your sin and my sin into his own body on the tree. 2,000 years ago, he took your diseases and my diseases. Bible says, by his stripes you were healed. 2,000 years ago, every bondage, gone. It's a gift. And it's free. I'm made righteous not by what I do. It's what he did for me. God accepts me because of what Jesus did. He doesn't accept me because I've somehow made the standard. And then he gives me his life. He comes and lives inside of me. I become a partaker of the divine nature. I'm born from above as a gift. He did it all. Wonderful. And I do nothing. Nothing in my hands I bring simply to thy cross I cling. <laughs> Why? Because that's where the gift came from. Calvary. Amen? Isn't that simple? Why suffer when he suffered for you? It's a gift. Do you know, I've found in the last few weeks, last few months, the thing people hate most is someone who lives with grace. If you live in a state of grace, you don't live in a state of legalism. I, I can't, I hate, hate religion. I hate what I see in the world. It makes me so angry when I see poor people. They've got enough burdens in life. And then they go to church and they have ten more. Someone tell, oh, you know, you've got to do this, do that, do the other. Then you've got to... Terrible. It's free. Amen. Isn't our Jesus wonderful? He did it all. That's what I love about him. I love him. Because he loves me. Do you know, when, when God met me, I never gave up sin. It gave me up. I didn't... I really didn't know how to do it right. And you know, I'm glad I've never learned. I, I'm just me. I, I really don't want to be 
what I should be. I want to be what I am because it was a gift. And that's the wonderful thing. Jesus. You know, when he walked the earth, no one liked him except his disciples and Mary and Martha and Lazarus. But the rest, they got mad at him, you know. Just did all the wrong things. He kind of, God is good. And it's free. Not a works, lest any man should boast. Amen. Isn't that easy? Isn't that easy? Do you know, everything's a gift. Hold out your hand. Left hand. Left hand. Left hand. Just checking to see if you know which one's which. Um, Hold out your left hand. You know, if someone puts a gift in your hand, what do you do? If they put a gift in your hand, you just take it. You don't, uh, just take it. It's a gift. Do you know God's wanting to give you a gift tonight? It's called a gift of righteousness. Don't have to do anything. It's a gift. A gift of healing. <laughs> gift of grace. It's all, all free. And it's all what he did for you. Let's pray. Father, I just pray for each one here. Lord, I thank you that everything you do is free. Lord Jesus, I just pray that over these days you'll pull down the strongholds of the enemy in the hearts and minds and imaginations of each one. And let us begin to understand the wonders of your grace and your love, I pray. In Jesus' precious name. Amen.